Welcome to this first Glimpses of Grace. I'm Rachel. And I'm Mark. But what are we trying to do in this podcast? I think the idea is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you hear and see a lot of really good stuff that's going on across the Diocese of Chester. You being the Bishop of Chester. <laughs> in case people didn't realise that was what that was. Um, and it's really nice to be able to share those stories of kind of just encouragement and joy that are going on and, um, yeah, being able to talk about it. And I think that's very similar to my heart for it, really, because I do just get to see some that's extraordinary funny. stuff. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then, you know, I come back into the office and obviously um, you work here, some of the conversations we have about mm-hmm. things. It's just heart-meltingly wonderful to see yeah. what God's doing, to see the kindness of people um, and allowing people to eavesdrop on those conversations around Bishop's House, I think, is what this is about. Mm-hmm. And to call it Glimpses of Grace, I, I love because I feel like that's what I you know, I managed to do. I say I managed to do, it's not me doing it. Well, yeah, clarifying early doors that we are not the grace that people are being invited to glimpse <laughs> absolutely not I think that's absolutely right so um, we're going to chat with various people around the diocese mm-hmm. and each um, time try to have a, a theme for the series mm-hmm. and this is a pilot series so let's just be upfront. we're learning how to do this have you ever done a podcast before no I've not <laughs> no. I've been a guest on a podcast before oh, have you yeah. I didn't know this which yeah. podcast were you a guest okay. on it was a friend that, uh, my friend was doing a podcast putting together I think for a course he was doing a masters, I believe. I probably should know. Um, but yeah, he was interviewing various different people on different kind of topical things uh, for millennials. I think it was a millennials podcast. Very good. I know. Oh, well, you're ahead of me then, so you can teach me how to do it. <laughs> we, we, we've done a little bit for the diocese, but we've not done this. So yeah. uh, we'll only do it. It's a pilot series, and uh, we're taking as a theme for this series the environment, mm. because if we come back and do some more in the future. Obviously, we can. Um, There's lots more to talk about. We won't be limited by this one. And talk about. So, who are we meeting today? Great question. I believe we are meeting um, at the end. The kind of bigger chunk of it is um, two chaps called Harry and Augustine, who are Melanesian brothers who were visiting a couple of weeks ago now, maybe even a month yeah, ago, yeah. Um, Bishop's House, and doing a kind of tour across the country. So we're meeting them towards the end. But before that, um, an we're amazing with Johnny. Johnny Masters. Yes, yeah. he's our youth officer in the diocese. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And a lady called Debbie who yeah. we met during the Stockport Dingley visit. That's right, it's just one of those things being out and about. Um, so without further ado, shall we, shall we meet Debbie? Yes, let's meet Debbie. Let's meet Debbie. So I'm here with Debbie Grindrod. Is that right? Have I said you your surname? Yes, That's indeed. great. And you're head teacher here at St George's Primary School That's in right. Stockport. How long have you been head teacher? Oh, seven years now. That's brilliant. And how many children do you have on roll? 386 at the moment. Brilliant. And tell me the best thing about St George's School. Oh, absolutely everything. The children are fantastic. They mm. just want to learn. They're here to learn stuff. We work as a team in order to pull the school forward. It's That's just brilliant. a great place to be. And have you always taught in church schools or have taught across no, the range? No, a variety. Right. Um, but I have to say, my heart always lie in church schools. Yeah. I was once in a very small school, uh, uh-huh. church school down in Cheshire, Warmingham. Mm-hmm. Loved it to death, and that's where my love of the church Wonderful. schools came from. So what difference does it make being part of the family of the diocese in my language? I think it's the, the ethos that comes uh-huh. with it. Um, uh-huh. Our ethos, one of our main aims, is respect for all. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we really, really yeah. is at the forefront of everything that we do yeah, here yeah. at St George's. And it's the whole feeling of being part of a bigger family. Yeah. We've got, you've got your own family, you've yeah. got the church family, yeah. and you've got the St George's family. That's and we brilliant. all move together to help the children forward. So if we're praying for you in the diocese, mm. uh, uh, St George's obviously specifically, but also the church schools, we have 110 in the diocese. Yeah. What, what should we be praying for? 
I think to help and support each other mm -hmm. in order to make the best for the children moving forward. We, yeah. You've got children in the school who have come from all around the world mm -hmm. uh, as refugees yeah. and asylum status. Yeah. And we need to pray for them in order to help them. Yeah. Um, and that's the main aim for us at the moment. And in the assembly we've just done, I heard Absolutely. 17, I think, was it languages? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, brilliant. so it's, it's great. And we've got lots of people who can speak the different languages, which, uh -huh. which I'm very thankful for, because yeah. Google doesn't always translate <laughs> what I need it to do. No, so, fine. yeah, we've got lots of people again in school yeah. who can help and support children move forward. Well, bless you and thank you. And thank no, you thank for being you. part of the family. No, thank you for coming today. Debbie. <laughs> we had just spent some time in the school assembly, I think, a whole school assembly, so nearly 400 people doing excitable actions, and one of the songs did go on and on and on, it was great. We did several versions of the chorus and the verses, it was brilliant. <laughs> I think that's one of the times it's particularly great for you when you were sitting there among the congregation, as it were, and I was sitting at the front thinking, I wish I knew the actions to this. But I have to say, I just get so energised by our church schools, they're such an important part of the... Yeah. Yeah, and I was really touched by, you know, when we asked what can be prayed for, there are so many things and so many pressures on teachers and schools, um, but it wasn't anything to do with kind of staff or welfare of kind of staff. It was so much more focused on those that might be perceived to be outsiders and just being able to be places of welcome and, um, yeah, equipping the whole school to, in order to do that. It was just, yeah, really encouraging. It's great. And Debbie picked up that sense of the worldwide family, which mm. we'll hear later more from the brothers mm. about, obviously. Um, but that sense of the world gathering in some of our communities, yeah. and particularly in our schools, is yeah. really, really important. Yeah, and thinking about the environment as we are today, mm -hmm. uh, the sense of impact being unequally uh, kind of heavy in different places is, is really important. Isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Should we hear from Johnny as well? We should. Yes. So I'm here with Johnny Masters. Uh, Johnny, you've been diocesan youth officer here in Chester Diocese for how many years now? I've been uh, six years youth children and families advisor. Yeah. Brilliant. I should get your title right, shouldn't <laughs> I? It's all right. Don't uh, forget the children and families. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you really mustn't because they're absolutely key, aren't they, to yes. the mission, mission of God. Um, and what's the kind of outstanding happy memory? What do you rejoice over more than anything? Um, I suppose there are two. The first is setting up Youth Speak, which is our way of hearing the voices of children and young people. On one of our first gatherings, uh, we met at Fox Hill and we went outside for lunchtime and they ran down the hill, um, <laughs> screaming and hollering and loving it. Yeah. And, and that was one of my favourite moments because there were six young people who didn't know each other before that, mm -hmm. but by the end they were playing and happy and laughing together. Yeah. Uh, and that was special. And I suppose my other... Uh, as well as working directly alongside children and young people is working with the youth leaders and children's leaders. <clears throat> I've, I've loved all the Christmas meals we've done. I've loved uh, a couple of retreats that we've done, more than a couple. Um, they've been really special times where we've had lots of reflections. So those relationships really Brilliant. are my best memory. And I'm, I'm gutted for us, although pleased for you, um, that you're moving on to another role. What, what are you moving to? I'm moving to the National House Project, mm -hmm. uh, who are a charity that support care leavers to find homes. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be working with the Care Leavers National Movement, which is their way of hearing the voices of uh, young people as they go through that process to make sure the charity stays true to its original aims. That's brilliant. Well, we're praying for you as you go. But in terms of what you, you're praying for the diocese as you leave, obviously work you've invested yourself in, um, what are the two or three things that you want us to join you in praying for, for this diocese, for children, families and young people? 
I would love to see people joining uh, the, pr- the national prayer uh, on a Tuesday at uh, lunchtime at one o'clock. We get together to pray for the doubling of, num- of the number of children and young active disciples in the Church of England. So praying for, the, for that in our churches. Uh, I would love to see uh, praying for volunteers and people praying to consider whether they want to be volunteers and help with this themselves. Um, and what their calling is in, in relation to this, and then praying for maybe just five children or young people that you know in your life uh, that they would uh, draw closer to Christ and come to know who Christ is for themselves, or if they already know Christ, that they would speak of His love to their friends. Mm. Bless you. Well, thank you for all you've done in this role, and we are going to miss you. And may God bless you in your new role. Thank you very much. every interview like this with me going we love Johnny we love Debbie <laughs> but we are surrounded by so many yeah. amazing people yeah, in this diocese absolutely. aren't we and I think one of the things we hope from this podcast is that people will meet people uh, yeah. be aware of what goes on in the diocese and be able to draw down the resources yeah. another theme is that we're going to constantly get people's titles wrong yeah I'm afraid that's my fault I do. <laughs> <laughs> in recording preparation for this series I've done it so often haven't I? <laughs> that's great it's fine it's good people yeah. able to stay with what they're really doing is helpful but do you think we always uh, are tempted to kind of reinvent the wheel so to do things just entirely locally when we could do things more broadly or is that uh, just something that I've noticed in the people I've talked to about this this series? Yeah one of the things that I really loved well particularly about what Johnny was asking us to pray for at the end is that he was kind of thinking much more globally and then just brought it way back down and and asking people to pray for five individuals that they know themselves so not just thinking about what they can be doing kind of by volunteering and um, trying to engage kind of on a much wider level about asking young people about their opinions and what they say but also you know think of five people that you know um, and and commit to praying for them and that challenge that he gives us and the bible talks about one generation telling of your praise to another but actually the responsibility that we have i think particularly today yeah. Uh, to enable young people to hear the good news of Jesus mm. in a way that they can understand and relate to yeah. uh, in a world which is so crazily full of podcasts and other yeah. other things is a really impressive sort of pressing priority for us, isn't it? And I, yeah, the way that we think about community has changed, I think, a lot. Mm. And uh, the way that my grandparents might have considered their local community to be their local village and not really you know, knowing people much further afield very different now when you have access to the whole of the World Wide Web and social media and stuff so the way that young people relate to one another and see their community is going to be different so it makes sense that we need to relate to them in a way that they understand uh, but also that you know the community of of God and fellowship is represented Mm -hmm. in a way that people are able to understand and grasp as well. And the thing that came across with Johnny was that stress again partly because I got the job title wrong (laughs) but about having families in it And, uh, of course, that gets more complicated, but no less important in our mm. modern age. Mm. And actually relating to people in the social units where they live, because yeah. that's where people are. Those yeah. are the kind of primary relationships. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that everybody expects us to be non-judgmental and welcoming mm. as a church, but it is so important yeah. that, that, that we can engage with people in their immediate well, for me, theologically, in their immediate relational context, mm-hmm. because God is fundamentally relational. Yeah. It, it, God being three in one means God is relating yeah. you and God's self yeah. all the time. Yeah. And then we find this uh, freedom and life in relating. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's really yeah. good. Really, really good. Yeah. And, and, and really understanding the value of being able to hear what young people are saying. Mm. Um, yeah, there's nothing more disabling than walking into a room and feeling like you're not being heard. Mm. So... Uh, yeah, going out of our way, and what Johnny was talking about about kind of setting up youth speak and 
the amazing job that he's done so far and we hopefully will be able to continue to do in trying to encourage uh, our young people to speak up and speak out and know they're being heard um, is really important. And just before we move on to the brothers, I think mm. knowing a little of your story and certainly mine, uh, both of us are uh, you know, follow the Lord now because we were brought up, we, we came through as children, young people and as part of families that encouraged us. Yeah. So we, we are fruits of this, aren't yeah, we? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, and the church that I went to and the youth project I was at, part of were brilliant at putting young people in kind of positions where they had responsibility and they were trusted and that makes a huge difference in your kind of ability to think you know I'm part of this team that is God's family Um, yeah yeah, I have a role to play Um, so yeah Yeah. so all ages but also worldwide in the moment we're going to hear from from, from the brothers who Mm. were staying with us for a week or so in the diocese but we took them on on a deanery visit and then uh, caught up with them uh, this podcast so let's listen to what they they have to bring to us So it's really good to be back here and to welcome two brothers from the Solomon Islands. Um, We have a particular link with the Diocese of Melanesia um, and we have special friendships with the brothers of Melanesia. So welcome, Uh, we have Brother Augustine. Hello. And Brother Harry as well. Thank you. And uh, Rachel, you've been to the Solomon Islands, so you've seen these guys in action. I have, yeah. I was chatting to someone today and I think I've been to both our diocesan links, so I've done very well. So yes, I was out in the Solomon Islands we think in about 2016 or 17. And your main memory of the brothers? Fantastic. I've been saying to them since they began, since they joined us, that I cannot forget being absolutely bowled over by the amount of noise they were able to produce when they welcomed us to Tabalier, which is your headquarters on Guadalcanal. Um, We uh, we went to the front and stood in chapel and we were welcomed by song and I was nearly knocked off my feet. Um, (laughs) It was fantastic. And this morning you guys sang in chapel. And there were only two of you. And it was still the most (laughs) incredible sound. So yeah, could have listened to you sing for hours and hours. Yeah. So Brother Harry, how long have have you been in the Brotherhood? 19 years. 19 years, yeah. this is great. And, and, and Brother Augustine, how long? For seven years. That's superb. And well, tell us why you're here in England, because we get the chance to have this conversation with you. Why, why are you visiting us? The link of the Chester and also the MMUK to experience some things which so important for the mission brothers. So it's the link with the diocese, the link with MMUK, which is the Melanesian Mission UK, isn't it? And that's uh, one of the partners that we have. And an absolutely gruelling schedule, it must be said. I was looking through your timetable yesterday, and it is unbelievably busy. With us, you've been in London already. Yes. You're off to Bath and Wales next, then Exeter. Yeah. Back to London. Yeah. Learning to bowl. Yes. Oh, I don't know about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Augustine's going to be a champion from the beginning, I can tell already. Yeah. And uh, Brother Harry, tell us, what do you notice? When you come to UK, apart from the fact it's very cold, and bless you, we've had hail today, haven't we? But what else do you notice about the United Kingdom? We came to uh, England, see the places uh, where the, the mother chains have yeah. been to be with them and share with them uh, what we experience in Solomon about Christianity. Uh-huh. And here in England, yeah. we're so glad and happy. Mm-hmm. And we're so glad to have you here, brother. It's great to have you. I wondered whether it'd be good to ask both our brothers what they do, mm-hmm. what their roles are. We've got very special people in the room. So, brother Augustine. Uh, thank you. Um, the head brother, which look after all the overall work of the and the mission of the brotherhood, which mm-hmm. and also the companions we have for the support of the men and brotherhood, which. 
we have companions all around the world. Because so mm-hmm. yeah. there's 450 and brothers yeah. just to the Brotherhood, and then yeah. companions are scattered all over the yeah. world. So companions, I do not know, maybe thousands of companions wow. we have. So. Mm-hmm. And Harry, what are your responsibilities as elder brother? My responsibility as an elder brother is to take care of the brothers in the mother house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also my responsibility to share them the work, things, activity to do during the day. It's a really important role. Not unlike being a bishop, possibly, although <laughs> much, much more valuable. Probably. <laughs> um, but should we talk about the reason for having this, this podcast? Because we're trying to keep the series around the environment, mm-hmm. aren't we? And we're really conscious that the environmental effects that we see in the United Kingdom, uh, so in March of this year it snowed, which is unusual, but that doesn't have a massive effect <coughs> on both of us. But it's having really big effects on the Solomon Islands and around Melanesia, isn't it? Can you tell us about some of those effects that you're seeing? Some of the beautiful islands will disappear. Some of the villages which live near coast will move to the mainland and they leave their houses and also the churches will mm. destroy because of this climate change. And we're literally seeing islands disappear, aren't we, because of the rising mm. sea level. Yeah. And actually you were telling me about a beach when, when you'd gone across. That was seven years ago, I think. With, yeah, do you want to tell the story? Yeah. yeah, we were being um, given a bit of a tour of the local area by uh, uh, teacher at a local school and he took us down to a beach where the students used to go and do their sports days and he was telling us how it used to be three kilometers long and just the most picture-perfect beach you can imagine so crystal clear waters and blue skies and just the most gorgeous beach um, with just yeah an abundance of sand and kind of so much vitality and we arrived there expecting these kind of vast expanses of sand where children were playing volleyball and doing their sports days and it was absolutely covered in rusty tin cans and and rubbish that had washed up from the shore. We chatted to the, one of the guys that lived really close by and he was telling us that when it, they first started to notice that rubbish was being washed onto shore, they were trying to go and collect it and community members were going together to try and pick up the rubbish, but it just became too much of a problem and they were just getting these vast, vast quantities and as much as they could pick up and remove, more was being washed up. Um, and the size of the beach was decreasing because of the rising sea levels, but also, the, you know, it was just a completely usable space from mm. that point onwards. It was, mm. yeah, really devastating. So, mm. yeah. Both the brothers are nodding, so you clearly recognise that. Mm. And yeah. We talked a bit about flooding yesterday, but Brother Harry, can you tell us a bit about the flooding and the storms that you're experiencing? Yeah, when it's rain for the whole day or more than two or three days, Mm. Flooding take place. Yes, yes. Where destroy places where people live or mm. yeah. uh, people work their gardens. Yeah. They really do destroy them, don't yeah. they? Yeah. And I think one of you was saying something about the unpredictable weather, weather patterns as well. Mm. Was that you, Brother Augustine? Actually, we cannot predict that tomorrow there will be a fine day or rain day. Mm. It's uh, very unpredictable. Because and that's so a change from the way it's been yeah. historically because yeah. people were able to predict yeah. seasons and therefore kind of plant crops around when they knew there would be sun or monsoons. Um, and when I was there, they were talking a lot about the fact that cyclone season was more predictable. And now suddenly it's just not something that people are able to predict with any certainty, which is, you know, has a devastating impact. Well, time's going to defeat us, but it's been very good to have you with us. It's great to have you with us in the diocese, but it's lovely to have this little bit of conversation. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. It's it's so important, isn't it? And and we spent a lot of time in schools yesterday talking to students and realising that though we are possibly one of the bigger contributors to climate change in this country, 
actually we very rarely see the effects in a significant way. So partnerships like this between the Diocese of Chester and Melanesia are so important for reminding all of us, but particularly young people that are so keen to make a difference, why we're doing what we're doing and why it's so important. So thank you so much for giving up your time to speak to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. the brothers being here, weren't they lovely? <laughs> they were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singing in chapel was just yeah, astonishing, was, wasn't I it? I can't tell you how the sound that they produced <laughs> when we were over there. Um, Melanesia is an area of the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Solomon Islands are a country within that. Mm-hmm. I realise it's quite complicated that lots of different place names were mentioned. Um, and the Solomon Islands are made up of about 900 individual islands, I think. So as a country, it's kind of a very different place uh, to the UK where we are mainly one or two islands yeah, uh, yeah so it's just a, a very very different place yeah. but I this link that we have as the Anglican communion mm. and of course it's particularly fresh in my mind because last summer we had the Lambeth mm. conference where we had bishops from all of the provinces yeah but it's a great very, school photo. Oh, uh, there's an amazing school photo <laughs> on the wall, isn't there? That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Although even school uniforms weren't that bad. But I'm not sure that we don't uh, th- th- that we make the most of that sense mm. of being part of a worldwide uh, family. Yeah. And it was great, as we mentioned in in, in that conversation, and um, just to be strengthening the links between schools mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and in Melanesia. Yeah. And in a future podcast, we'll come back to our link with Congo too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, in a previous life to this, um, was a chaplain at one of our CV secondary schools which was um, a real joy and honour and one of the best things about um, being able to go over to the Solomon Islands and come back was being able to have conversations with young people and children at the school and students and teachers about what I'd seen and kind of bring back footage and photographs and take letters from students there over and bring letters back from students um, that went to uh, the college in Honiara so it's just yeah being able to establish those links and and open up a method of communication you know and, and I was literally saying to them you are talking to someone who absolutely lives on the other side of the world that you couldn't be kind of further away <laughs> there's a 13 hour time difference um, life is really different but what an opportunity to be able to have these conversations with people that live a very different life but actually you know there are things that a child at Woodchurch High School and a child at St Nicholas College will both agree on which is climate change is really serious and we want to do something about it um, and it looks very different for both of those students but they would both agree yeah and opening our eyes to that, which in many ways has been the theme of this first episode, mm-hmm. so that we can see, and sometimes the problem just seems too vast to do anything about, and we'll yeah. come back to some of that in yeah. future episodes. Mm-hmm. But starting by seeing and caring and yeah. then praying is, yeah. is really key. Yeah. We're going to have to bring this episode to a close, but what one Already? thing are you taking? I know it's been fun, isn't it? But we'll be back, folks. Glimpses of Grace podcast should be available on your podcasting app. Uh, what one thing, Rachel, are you taking away from this bit of the conversation that we've had? Um, I just, I, I love that something as kind of awful as the enormity of climate change is just such an amazing tool to bring people together. It's something that the vast majority of people can agree on and again like you say we talk to people in other episodes about you know why we agree on this as Christians and why it's so important um but it's something that across generations across the world we can agree on and we can get behind and we're all as desperate um to make a difference so yeah I just I love the fact that there's unity there which is yeah brilliant and you 
Yes, I've changed my mind. When, ah. I, when I walked into this room and, and I thought you might ask me this question, I was going yeah. to say something else. But, you know, sitting here and, and re-engaging with those conversations, mm-hmm. um, it's something very deep about prayer for me. So I think as, as a little boy, I got the idea that prayer was may, maybe a conversation with God, often, if I'm honest, a bit of a shopping list, mm-hmm. God bless mummy, God bless daddy, you know, yeah. the kind of thing we have. Um, I think more and more, as in, in pastoral ministry, but particularly in a bishop's ministry, mm-hmm. um, I, I have that sense of prayer being walking into a, a, a safe place with God, you know, in, in, into a, a kind of place of hospitality, and just being able to hold stuff, and not even necessarily knowing how to talk about it but yeah. knowing that he's there and that I'm there and that he cares and and that prayer genuinely makes a difference yeah. um, and I think it, th- that sense comes very powerfully back to mind as I think about the, the environment here mm-hmm. you know what can I do what can you do that makes a difference in the Solomon Islands well we'll explore little things and they, they do make a big difference mm-hmm. but actually the problem is beyond me or beyond you or beyond this diocese and yet that sense of holding it before God is part of our sacred duty mm-hmm. and knowing that God will do something about it. So this has actually uh, reminded me of that huge, it's a privilege, it's a responsibility, it's a joy, it's a relief, it's a comfort, it's a strength. Mm-hmm. But above all, it's that daily discipline of just being able to hold these big things in prayer before God. So I think that's where this has taken me. There we go. Who saw it coming? Sounds like we've got a podcast series on prayer coming up. I think we might do that. <laughs> well, friends, it's been really good to engage in conversation with you. Uh, we shall be back uh, for the second in this four-part pilot series of Glimpses of Grace. See you then.